I don't want to be disrespectful. <laughs> I don't know if we have to cut this out, but... <laughs> we have to cut the cell. Okay, let's just cut <laughs> it. Yeah, okay. okay. They say home is where the heart is, so I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to the third episode of Doubly Negative. We don't really have a topic for this episode that we plan on sticking to. We kind of just go with the flow, so we're going to keep that trend going. Um, I'm Chris. I'm here with Kyle. Hello. So, it's been a little less than a week since I last seen you. Actually, we hung out Saturday, but we didn't really get to talk much. Um, how have you been? Uh, I've been doing better. Yeah? Yeah, I feel pretty pretty good right now. Just overall, just energy levels and wanting to be productive. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first thing I noticed is that, like, whereas a couple weeks ago, I had, like, a lot of things on my mind that I should do. Like, go to the doctor's. Get a social security card. Like, all these bullshit things I don't want to do. Get a social security card? Uh, my life is in shambles. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I haven't been a doctor in 10 years. I don't have a social security card. I don't have a license. I've been driving every day without a license. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And everybody in my family knows. They're just like, yeah, Kyle doesn't want to do that stuff. Well, at this point, they're just like, ah, that's Kyle. Exactly. That's just Kyle. So... What happened to your original social security card? Because I haven't the same one since birth. Oh, man. I don't know where it is. Because when I left um, the States, I was like, well, I don't need this. And I, I must have put it somewhere. I, I don't need like, this. Yeah, because I, I don't even when I'm traveling to other countries. I thought, well, I thought it was going to be safer at home, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Definitely. So I made a conscious decision to put it somewhere. And then I just forgot where it was. It might be in Texas. It might be here. But I don't know where. I have a confession to make. Yep. I have no idea where mine is right now either, no. honestly. I think it's somewhere in this house. Push come to shove, you could find it. Right? Push come to shove, I'd be able to find it. Yep. My problem is is that <laughs> my mom's in charge of the stuff at her house, and then I got Sandra in Texas, and I asked both of them, and neither one of them knows where it is. So maybe if I look through it, I could find it, but I don't know. So are you in the process of getting a new one? I've heard that's very difficult. Well, I don't know. That was, <laughs> that was my whole thing. Like, so, you know, I, I've been home for a bunch of months already. Yeah. And this is stuff that I just don't want to do. And because I was depressed, it was near impossible. I put things off forever. Yeah. For as long as possible, really. And especially if you're depressed and you're just lazy and you don't want to do anything. Like, trying to figure that shit out is the worst. Make an appointment? Are yeah. you kidding me? Especially if you don't have to, right? So you just put it off and put it off. Anyway, the, the whole point is this last week I've been feeling a little bit more energetic and I've kind of started making steps into that stuff. Um, so that's just one sign to myself that, oh, I must be getting better if I want to do that shit. Yeah. And that's great. I know, um, me, you and our friend Pete had gotten together on Sunday. We kicked soccer ball around. We're yep. a little active and you guys went for a run after and that's awesome. Cause that's a tough thing to do when you don't feel like doing anything. Absolutely. Yeah. And then another weird thing that I noticed is that, so one part of being depressed is you're just not interested in stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a weird thing I noticed last night, but I was watching True Detective. We were talking about. Yep. And anything I didn't know about, I just Googled while I was watching it. And it was just, it just showed me that I was like more interested in stuff. I'm like, oh, what's that? What's you're, that? You're and actually I, invested in it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas before, if you're depressed, you're just sitting there, you're like, I don't fucking care. You're not even paying attention to what's on the TV. Yeah, exactly. You're just like trying to distract yourself. Yeah. I mean, when you came in my house today to record the podcast, <clears throat> I had a record playing. I had the Celtics game on and I was scrolling my phone, not paying attention to any of those three things exclusively, just filling up my mind with endless bullshit. <laughs> Turning your brain off. Yeah. Yep. So that's essentially what I did. But overall, I've been feeling a lot better as well. Um, 
ever since I started the diet, I'm losing weight. I'm seeing numbers on the scale go down. Um, exercising more, going to jujitsu. I'm feeling a lot better, and my energy levels have been significantly better in the past. Well, since I last saw you when we recorded, which was I think Wednesday last week. So good stuff. Yeah, no, it feels good. Did you get those uh, dick pills yet? They're not dick pills. It's it's testosterone boosters, and I have a <laughs> package of them in my car for you before you leave. Have you started using them? Oh yeah, part the of your dick. Uh, oh. <laughs> that's just one part of testosterone man so the first thing i think of when i think of testosterone is harder dick i mean on the label it says it increases libido sure it does i haven't noticed much of a difference but i'm sure after like a week of using it maybe i will well because you know dick hardness um is a very <laughs> fluctuating variable for, for me it has been anyway i mean it's not it's not always going to be a 10 it all depends on the moment sure you know there are some moments where it's a 10 you're ready to go and there are some moments when it's a it's a six, but you can work with it. Sure, but for the purposes of this, so talk about like a floating average. Like let's say your dick hardness is usually <laughs> like an eight, right? But then you notice it drop into like a seven for a little while. Mm-hmm. What I'm asking is, are these pills going to give you like a 0.5 increase or, you know? I'd probably say, uh, I would say one to two point increase. Oh, I'm very excited then. Yeah, because like I said, my energy levels were up after I took the first one. I was like, okay. Right. And could have been placebo like, oh, I'm taking this and I think it's going to make me a better person Mm. and just rolling with it. But whoever says placebos don't work, they do as long as you can can trick your mind into it. Yeah. But what about the dick? (laughs) I hasn't, I haven't (laughs) noticed a difference. I don't know. It's too soon to tell you (laughs) whether my dick is harder or not using these pills. You're giving me some? Uh, I'm going to start taking them. How about next time we check in, we specifically make a note between now and then to kind of pay attention to the dick hardness, see what happens. So we had spoke about doing weekly check-ins about how we're feeling depression-wise, but I think if we pivot to how's your dick been, Yes. it might be more appealing to the viewers. Weekly dick check-in. How's your dick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. No, we can uh, definitely work off of that. We'll figure something out, but... um. I guess maybe we should get back on topic now. Enough about our dicks. Okay. So last episode, we ended with um, a little chat about Sam Harris and his theory on if human beings actually have free will. I was skeptical when you first brought it up. Further along in our conversation, I was semi-convinced. I watched the video today, and I think I'm fully convinced. Well, I finished it today. All right. Um, Okay. Because I've always been... He references nature versus nurture a lot, Mm -hmm. and he's always on the, not a lot, but he referenced it at least a few times in this video, and um, he talks a lot about the nature aspect of things and you developing into the person you are based on the environment you're brought up in, and I've always been a firm believer in that it's nature, not nurture. So when he's describing this, I'm like, okay, this coincides with a lot of the things i think already this isn't that crazy Mm. so just uh to give a a refresh on the whole topic because it's kind of a little bit confusing i probably should have done that yeah um when we talk about free will we're talking about do we have do we have the ability to make choices in life so for example i came here to record this podcast did i make that choice was there any possibility of me not coming here instead of coming here and if we have free will then i say yes i could have stayed home if we don't have free will, then no, I was always going to come here. Based on what was happening, I never made a conscious choice. It was just, I was kind of on autopilot. So Sam Harris says that we don't make choices. 
The world is deterministic. So anyone listening to just you saying that might think that's crazy. You obviously have free will. You can make the choice to go or not go. Right. But when you boil it down to not just tonight and bring it back to a collection of all your life, your your whole life's experience, that is what makes it interesting. Because you're like, yeah, I made the choice to go. But are you molded to a point throughout your life where that is what made you make that decision? So therefore, everything that coincided before this very moment was molded by something not by you. If that makes any sense, I kind of went off a little bit there. No, it does make sense. And yeah, that's the idea. The idea is that uh, the universe works based on cause and effect. Uh, Something happens because something made it happen. Mm -hmm. So who you are right now is largely in part because of who you were yesterday. Mm -hmm. And things that happened yesterday cause what happened today. And if we don't have free will, which I don't think we do. I really don't think we do either. All the choices you make are based on things that happened to, uh, to you before. And when we say, oh, well, I made a choice... Why did you make that choice? Well, the, the idea that decided that came up in your head. Did you choose for that to come up in your head or did it just come up in your head? And that basically, are we just watching life happen to us? Yeah. And, uh, and this boils down to the genes that are passed down to you from your parents. This passes down. I mean, this boils down to how you were raised as a kid, how much pressure your parents put on you in certain aspects of life, whether it's religion or sports or anything like it it all goes back to that right yeah you didn't choose anything about your life you didn't choose where you were born who you were born to the country you were born in you chose nothing and i think religion is a very huge indicator of that because obviously if you look regionally different regions have more predominant religions so they all differ in a certain way based on where you're born yep so like i think that's like one of the major indicators in this whole theory indicators what do you mean like okay like something that proves the theory is like has some weight to it so it's like obviously if i wasn't born here and i was born in another country i would think differently about like i would have been raised with different religion in my life you know what i mean like absolutely Yeah. yeah so like i like my family, like I went to church once in a while, I think Christian church, maybe I made my first communion, did all that stuff. I wouldn't have done that in another country. That's one of my favorite things talking to religious people. Cause I, I've met a lot of religious people in the last few years. Um, and I, I usually don't really, I don't really challenge them most of the time. No. But once in a while I have met some smarter religious people. Well, not whatever. And we'll have <laughs> more, more open conversation, mm-hmm. right? Well, it's like I'm, I met somebody that I actually enjoy talking with and we, the topic of religion comes up and I can see they're open-minded. Exactly. Right? And that's the biggest part. And I, so I'll ask a bunch of questions and this is always one that I ask. It's like, wh- okay, what if you were born in a country where you never even heard about your religion today? Mm-hmm. So so what? You're, you're a Christian, right? Yep. And you were born in, I don't know, there, there's like one part of the world that's completely untouched and there's like a tribe yep right so what if you're born as one of those people you're saying that your god now would put you in hell for being one of those people you were born you had no chance of even hearing about catholicism or whatever the hell it is but you're in hell because of it you're in hell because of it and, <laughs> and usually uh, i met i met one smart for uh, a smart guy um a few months ago i asked him this question and he really said this he said yeah it just sucks 
Really? <laughs> yeah. That was his response? He's like, I know. He's like, I know. I, like, logically, it really sucks. And I just, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. But that's what I believe. It just, yeah, that just sucks. And <laughs> what? How can you believe that? But if he was born in a different country and was a different person, he wouldn't think that sucked. He would think something else. And he was doing the right yeah, thing. Yeah, how can you? Uh, indefensible in my opinion so since we're on the topic i don't know i you're not are you religious like at all agnostic atheist no, uh, agnostic so you believe there's a higher power somewhere i believe i don't know yeah agnosticism is just not knowing okay and atheism is the belief of nothing yes atheism is kind of like religion in my opinion because you're saying no there's nothing i know there's nothing but how could you possibly know in my opinion since i'm undereducated i was atheist until you just told me that so i'm agnostic now <laughs> yeah you just converted me okay yeah you're like one of those pushy christians you convert me to I'm your very religion pushy about my religion yeah that's the one thing about religion that i think it's it's that's the worst part is the the pushy buttons like i i think religion holds a very it, it does a lot of good things for people like the sense of community and having people that all believe in the same common thing and you feel like you're a part of something and i think that part of religion is very important for someone to have in their life but it's the pushy stuff that it's like dude i don't believe it uh, you're not going to convince me like just please go away can i honestly say i haven't encountered anyone like that in in my recent memory Mm. have you i mean there are people that i've come across that have been like like religions come up and i've been like yeah it's not my thing and they've been like trying to like talk to me about it a little bit and like yeah. oh, it seems like they're almost convincing me like passively but like I, it's not something you deal with every day you know that's funny because i just remembered that's another topic i talked about with the same guy <clears throat> and i kind of made this point we had a really in-depth talk about this yeah and I made this one point that said, um, okay, so his belief is that if you follow his religion, mm -hmm. you're going to heaven. If you do not follow his religion, you're going to hell, right? So I got him to that point, which is what most religious people believe, I believe. Like in, in their own religion, it's like that. If you're not one of us, you're going to hell, right? Yeah, sorry, <laughs> won't see you there. Yeah, um, so I made this point. I said, okay, that's what you really believe, right? And he goes, yeah. I said, so you think I'm going to hell? And he's like, you know, you, you can convert. So if you really believe that, shouldn't you spend your whole life trying to convert everyone all the time? Like, if you care about me, you should be trying really hard. Yeah. Like, it's going to be tough when you get to heaven and, like, your best friend's not there because he didn't believe it. You know, that's got to be a tough spot to be. Do you even want to be there at that point? Yeah. That's my question. <laughs> so, what I think really about religion is that most people are religious socially. Socially, and I think a big thing is just people being afraid to die and having absolutely nothing be there afterwards. But I don't think they really believe it because... Believe what? What do you mean? Like In the, their the own religion, on a deep level. Like, maybe they believe it, but, but... Okay, think about it like this. I know many religious people. Mm -hmm. Almost all of them are breaking their religious rules all the time. Yeah. If you really believed it, wouldn't you spend your whole life doing the perfect thing yeah because if you believe that your main goal is to get to heaven afterwards so would, you're gonna follow that so you don't jeopardize that there would be no point in risking it ever yeah because like, okay let, let's say i don't really understand these religions to be completely honest i have no clue okay. i watched zeitgeist a few times and you know that's that's pretty much my religious background okay. now i could easily get stuff wrong but i think i don't know if it's catholicism but i'm pretty sure they say well you can sin 
But as long as you confess and repent, you're okay again, right? But how many people go to confession that actually quote unquote sin? Or even put it like this. So let's say you're, that's what you believe, right? Yep. So you have to repent. Okay, fine. You can get away with it. But how do you know when you're drinking or, or doing whatever it is that you don't just die right then and there? Yeah. You're, so you're taking a huge fucking risk every time you sin. Like if you really believed, wouldn't you have to avoid sinning all the time? Yeah, definitely. You'd have to be perfect. Yeah. And that's absurd. But actually, we can tie this whole thing into free will too. Because for religion to work, you have to believe in free will. You have to say, I'm going to heaven because I made the right choices. If there's no free will, God, a God that would put you in hell for the wrong choices would be illogical completely. Yeah, because if you have free will and you make the right choices, then you go to heaven. Mm -hmm. So if there's no free will, then you're destined to just make the right choices. Exactly. And that's not on you if you don't. And that's where the idea for, for a lot of this... If you make the right choices, are you a good person? Are you better than someone that makes the wrong choices? I, I think this is the, the biggest takeaway for me is that I don't, because I don't really believe we make our own choices. Mm -hmm. When I look at other people that have done really, really bad things, or even someone that's really hurt me, uh, for, for instance, the, my last ex-girlfriend, yep. she hurt me pretty bad. She did some pretty bad things. Since I don't really believe that she made those choices, I kind of think she was just destined to make those choices. Yeah. I can kind of have less hatred towards her. That makes a lot of sense because I like if we believe in this theory that there's no free will, then you know that that person is just shaped by things that they've experienced while they're growing up or what's going on in their life now. So she was influenced from the outside and it's not actually her. Yeah, there's less room for like blame because... A lot of the, the anger we have towards people that do things to us is like, they did that to me. They chose to do that to me. Yeah, like that was their decision. Yep. But it's probably not like that. And in the talk that you listened to today, Sam Harris talked about the difference between being killed by a human being and being killed by a crocodile, right? You expect that crocodile to do that. I think he used yes. bear in the analogy. He said, if there's a bear in the parking lot, it's going to try to eat you. So you wouldn't like, you wouldn't hate the bear. You'd understand because that's its nature. But if a human being does it, you might spend a lot of time hating that person, thinking about how awful they are, when in truth, they were just like the bear. Yeah. It's just their nature. They were shaped by their environment and made those choices based on the environment they were shaped in. And if you traded places with them, you would do exactly what they were doing. There's really no part of you left to judge them and say, well, they're a bad person. It's because they didn't have a choice in the matter. Yeah, no, exactly. And I see that like with a lot of ex-girlfriends arguments I've had with them down the years, I've been like, okay, well, they think this way because this is how they were brought up. This is what they've experienced. And I understand why they think that way. And I can't really be mad at them for it. So like that was something that was going through my head before I even watched this Sam Harris seminar. I feel like I kind of believed it before I knew about it. That's one thing I've done a lot is like put myself in the other person's shoes. And it's important to do that, especially when you believe what you believe with the, the human beings not having free will. You have to be able to say, okay, well, they're thinking this way because this. Mm -hmm. And if they're thinking that way because of that, it's not their fault. So I can't really be mad at them for it, but I want to have a discussion about it mm -hmm. and why it affected me. It might sound kind of depressing or sad, but... When you get down to it, when let's say a person, 
let's say somebody cheats on you, right? Yep. It's kind of human nature for me anyway to take it really personally. Oh, definitely. And say, well, she did this to me. She did this because, so it, it's me. Like we, we take everything like the world revolves around us, right? And that's like me and you talking last episode where it's like, oh, I'm looking fat. Everyone notices when exactly. no one gives a fuck. And that's kind of what I'm getting to is like, so if someone does something to you, you take it a lot less personally when you realize they did it because they were in pain for some reason, probably. It's not really, it's never really about the person. No. And that's, that's why I look at what a lot of people do. If, if somebody hurts me, I, I usually try to think of it like, well, they did it because they were in a lot of pain for whatever reason. It wasn't really personal towards me. It's, it's just, just like a bear killing you, right? The bear's yeah. just hungry or to protecting its territory. Yeah. It's a bear. And the person is just, they're doing what they're doing. They've probably done it before. They'll probably do it again. It really doesn't have anything to do with you. It's better to just avoid people like that if you know that about them. This doesn't mean that you have to associate with everybody because it's nobody's fault. It just means you don't hate them for it. You don't blame them for it. Just understand it. Yeah. And you understanding it rather than holding that hatred and blame is going to be better for you in the long run. Absolutely. Just completely just, okay, I understand why they did this. Like, it's nothing personal against me. It is what it is. So... Another good takeaway from it is that you can kind of be easier on yourself. Oh, yeah, because I, I put a lot of blame on myself. Like, mm. going through this divorce, I was like, oh, maybe I wasn't, like, that great of a husband. Like, maybe I wasn't doing this. Maybe I wasn't doing that. And it's like, in reality, I was doing that. But this just happened because that's how they were brought up. That's how they think things are okay. And that's what they're going to do. It's going to happen. Yeah, I think you're just doing the best you can. Yeah. Everybody's just doing the best they can yeah. with what they're given. Exactly. So, like, I, I love the diet as, a, as an example of the whole free will thing. You're on a diet right now. You're following it pretty well. But at some point, you haven't, right? No, I've been unbelievably strict this whole week. And I've gone through <laughs> similar phases, and I've gone through the opposite. And the reason I don't think free will makes sense in, the, in this example is... I've held a value for myself that eating good is better. Being in shape is better. That, that's something I believe truly. Yes. I've never, never not believe that. But sometimes I can do it and sometimes I can't. Why can you do it sometimes and why can't you sometimes? There doesn't seem to be a choice I'm making. It's not like, a okay, today I'm going to be unhealthy on purpose. You know? No, it's just like you get that temptation yeah. and you just fucking go for it. Today I'm just going to break my diet. on per No, it doesn't work like that. It's no. just these different variables I can't control. One of those is the craving. Yep. One of those is just how bad of a mood I wake up in. Mm -hmm. One of a variable is what happens to me that day. At no point am I strong enough or weak enough to say, okay, I'm going to keep my diet or I'm going to break my diet. It's just not really my fault. I know yeah. that sounds kind of stupid if you don't believe in this stuff, but yeah. I don't really think it's my fault. I don't know. No, no, I understand what you mean. And I misunderstood you and you're like, and you've been pretty well with it, but you've cheated. I was like, I have not cheated at all yet. But mm. in past diets, you meant dieting in general throughout right. my life. Yep. No, yeah, it's, I go through vicious cycles where I'm either super strict or I'm off the fucking rails, mm. which is why I chose keto because I have to be as strict as possible. If I give myself any room for error, I'm going to make that error hard. And I'm going to ride that momentum until it's too late. Yep. So I have to take out any room for error, be as strict as possible, and just run with that. Because that's what keeps me on track. Giving yourself less opportunity to fail. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's just like when you're training a dog. 
right? If you keep food on the counter and you keep food on the table and you keep stuff around that he's not supposed to chew, especially a puppy, he's going to chew it because that's in his nature. If you give the dog less room for error, he's not going to go for that stuff. And eventually he's going to grow to a point where he's like, I'm not interested in that. I didn't really see that as a puppy. What I'm interested in is the toys that you gave me Mm -hmm. because that's what I'm surrounded with. So you're going to use more toys and more toys. Yes, yes. More fats. It seems so counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm making myself a snack and it's a piece of cheese with pepperoni in it and I fold it, I feel like, wow, this does not make any sense at all. Yeah. I used to do the keto in, in college at URI. Yep. I would carry in my backpack uh, like a Ziploc bag of bacon and cheddar cheese. That's the fattest thing anyone <laughs> can ever do, but yeah. you're losing weight doing it. I, I actually was not that good at it. I didn't lose weight, but I should have been. Yeah, that's a good snack for keto. It's awesome. <laughs> See, like if you're really good with it, like for instance, I've lost eight pounds since I last saw you last Wednesday. That's a lot. It's all water weight, and if I have one carb, I'm going to look like Rosie O'Donnell, but no room for error. Got to make sure I don't have that room for error. And me and you being former fat kids, we've had had body imaging issues since, you know, we were fat kids. Mm -hmm. And just looking in the mirror and seeing that slob, it gets you to a point where it's like, I got to do something. Yeah, that's good in a way. But also, it's really bad. It's bad for your mental health. It's good for your physical health. <laughs> yeah. Because you'll see it and be like, I got to do something. and I'm going to make this change. But like your mental health, you just look at yourself every day and you're like, you're a goddamn piece of shit. Like, what are you doing? I always think about how I think. Um, so you could almost classify that as like a like the same thing as if you're an alcoholic and then you go off and you have alcohol for a while. Right? Yep. So if you're like us, you want to be you know healthy. And you go off the rails and you gain a bunch of weight. It's kind of the same thing, right? Yeah. And I always think about the turning point as kind of hitting bottom. Yeah. Like for me, I started dieting myself like three weeks ago, probably. Yeah. And I feel like I hit bottom slightly before that. But like I just reached the point where I just couldn't be an asshole that was eating everything anymore. I just like couldn't do it anymore. I feel like you got to hit bottom to just really realize like. I got to make a change now. (laughs) (laughs) Like something's got to give. I cannot continue to live this lifestyle or I'm going to end up on my 700 pound life just struggling. And some of those bottoms throughout your life are lower than other ones. Right. So and there's more. Sorry to cut you off. There's different types of bottoms. Hmm. Like for us with depression or us with our body weight, like obviously the body weight, if that hits bottom, it's going to bring the depression bottom further down. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There's different types of bottoms, and I feel like a lot of times you have to hit bottom to realize you need to make a change to go forward and fix it. Doesn't it suck when you're... um, Okay, so I think it was beginning of January when I was like first like, okay, I got to turn things around, right? Yeah, this is not going well. But for like two weeks in a row, I'd be like, okay, tomorrow. Not tomorrow. My diet has always would, started tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, but tomorrow that, is always tomorrow, depending on when you say it. And every day I would have in my mind, like, ah, I really want those. I think I already talked about them on the podcast, those cookies at uh, Walmart, whatever. That's stop like, a chop, awesome. I thought. Yeah, yeah, stop a chop, all of them. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I want those tonight. Okay, tomorrow. And then I wake up the next day, I'm like, hmm, I really want Chick-fil-A. Like, I, okay, tomorrow. <laughs> I always rationalize it with, all right, this is my last hoorah, like my last day as a fat kid, like, yeah. let's enjoy it. But I keep enjoying it for days on end (laughs) and it just gets even further off the rails. But I feel like 
when you finally do jump into that diet and stick to it, like it improves everything. Mm. Like the happiest I've been in a while has been since I've gotten on the scale and like seeing the numbers go down and just like, oh, I'm having more energy. Like it's all not a placebo. I wouldn't say it's a placebo effect when you're just like, it feels like you're on a roll almost. No, it's not placebo. No? It's just good momentum. Okay, so momentum. But a lot of people will be like, oh, if you're on keto, you'll have higher energy levels. You won't feel sleepy. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, yeah, that, that I meant placebo. Yeah. yeah, so that's what I meant by placebo, not as far as like the momentum thing. Because I really believe in the momentum thing. I'm very inconsistent with taking my vitamins. Since I started this diet, I'm taking my vitamins multiple times a day, staying on top of it. Mm-hmm. Little sidetrack. So you know when you take a lot of vitamins, your pee is like highlighter yellow? Sure. Mine hasn't been, and that's made me think that I'm very vitamin deficient somewhere. Could be. <laughs> yeah, because that's, <laughs> and that's from me going off the rails and having my last hoorah as a fat kid for multiple days in a row. And the, the thing that stood out to me there was when you said you start dieting and you're feeling better and you go, well, this is the happiest I've been in a while, right? Mm-hmm. But you knew that because that same thing happened last time, right? Whenever the last time you went through this cycle, when you kind of went off the rails and then you started doing better. You knew that again, like, I feel better when I'm doing this. So why can't we do it sometimes? Why do we go off the rails at all? I really have no idea. I I feel like sometimes it can come down to being comfortable. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like everyone always gets in their best shape after a breakup. But even when you're in a relationship, you knew that you feel better when you're doing well. So why not just do well? That's a great question, but I fall into that every time. Not every time. It really depends. But um, yeah, it depends on the quality of the, of the relationship. If it's going well and I'm actually happy, I'll keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And if it's shit, it's like, well, I'm in the shit already. Mm. Maybe that's it. But it's the free will stuff again. And if you if you do take that mindset that we don't really make our own choices, maybe you can hate yourself less during the bad periods. I don't know if I personally can because I hate myself a lot during the bad periods. Me too. But maybe you could just be like, well... There's all these reasons. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not you choosing to to be lazy and all that stuff. It's just just life. Because especially in a relationship, when you bring that other factor in, there's something else that you brought into your life that's constantly influencing your decisions. Mm-hmm. So never be in a relationship. Yeah. So you have more free will yeah. than you could have had. Okay. No relationships. Noted. <laughs> Mark it down because we're done with them. I Yeah, certainly. <laughs> So, speaking of relationships, we had talked, you said you haven't even bothered going on Tinder or anything like that. You're not trying to really form anything right now. Uh, I swiped. I'll swipe. But, um, for the most part, not really interested at the moment. Really? You just have no interest in just, you don't feel like you need to have that person to talk to, like someone to talk to? Okay, so, that's kind of a cop-out say I'm not interested. Of course, I would, you know. Yeah. Of course, you know. But... Feel like I'm probably leaving the states anytime. Okay. So that's part of it, and then my living situation right now is not so good either, and I'm pretty lazy. Mm-hmm. So I guess all the difficulty that I envision seem larger than the payoff. And that's at this moment in time. And that's those circumstances influencing your decision to Absolutely. not date. Yeah, I feel like if I was in your shoes, and you know, I lived in Bali or Indonesia and I was coming somewhere else for a little while, I'd be like, oh, let's swipe and see what new stuff I can take a look at. But like you said, with your situation, it's one of those things where, why bother? Well, the funny thing is, it's probably just all rationalizations, same as the 
Same as the diet stuff, right? So as soon as I, I do date again, whenever it does happen, yeah, I'll probably have a similar feeling as you do when you look at the scale. I'll probably be like, oh, this, this is the best I've felt in a while. Yeah, I'm getting attention. Why didn't I do this before, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So you haven't been really swiping since you're in the U.S. So when was the last time you had a relationship? Uh, I broke up in May of last year. May of last year, so 2020? Yes. Okay. That's a pretty long time. I know... I'm a relationship type of guy. I like to have that stability, have someone that's there, have someone to work with. You don't seem to be the same type in that aspect. We have a lot of similarities, but as far as relationships and dating goes, it seems like you're fine dating around and just being yourself, you know, worrying about you. I think I'm just a lot more cautious to get into your typical traditional relationship. And I think that's a good thing. I think I'm not cautious enough. Well, it depends on the person. Maybe, you know, everybody's different, right? But I think I've just gotten to know myself more and kind of watched my own patterns and realized that there just might be more to be lost than gained most of the time. And you have to really pick very carefully. Yeah, because that whole cycle sucks. When you start mm -hmm. falling for someone, it's going really well, and then something bad happens and it all comes crashing down. And that doesn't yeah. help with guys like us that are already dealing with shit. And it's not like I don't have that same tendency, too, because, okay, so let's say I got out of a relationship, right? I meet a new girl. I usually do have strong feelings go, oh, I want to be in a relationship again. Do you catch those feelings pretty quickly? Or are you someone that will drag out dating, like, casually for months and months and months on end? When it happens, they, they come pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, but I have to be cautious. So it is like, it's not that I wouldn't want it. It's just like, I kind of, um, I can almost liken it to like, a like kind of almost breaking the diet, right? Yeah. It's, it's something that I know would feel good, but I don't think it would really be good for me. Long term, yeah. So that's why when I have those feelings a lot of the time, it, I, I would take a really long time to make a decision based on it. No, it's good to be cautious because like, I feel like you can know someone for a really long time, even if like you're just casually talking to someone, friends with them, and then eventually you get in a relationship, you can know them for a long time, but like you don't know them in certain situations. Like, you don't know how it's like living with them. You don't know what it's like, like sharing a life with them. You learn a lot of things about these people down the line and people always change. So it's always so tough to think like, oh, this girl, it's really cool. We've been talking for a couple months. It's going great. But like, you don't know the bad stuff that's going to come because there's going to be stuff that comes up that's not going to fly, you know? So I think your approach is a lot better than my approach maybe the other thing is too and you're right about getting to know someone it takes a while yeah but the other thing that i think is probably even more important in my experience is understanding that um <clears throat> a lot of what you feel in the early stages with someone is just chemistry that's completely out of your hands it's like all these hormones and so a lot of people when they get that first so so say you meet a girl and it, you have a great first date a great second date great third date you sleep together you, you love her, right? You're thinking about her all the time. Yep. Most of that is just chemicals that are not going to be there in six months or a, a year. Your, your, your body is telling you to mate with her, basically. That's kind of yeah. what love is. It's like oxytocin and there's a couple other chemicals that are released all the time in the, in the early stages of a relationship. And that's going to go away. That's the honeymoon phase. Yes, that will go away, guaranteed. 100%. And I'm always very cognizant of that. I'm like, do I really like this girl or is my body just telling me I like this girl? But here's the thing. Like, 
if you ever want to like get married or like have kids, like if that's in your life plans, you have to understand that's going to happen and accept it. Really accept it too, though, because <clears throat> I think you're absolutely right. And I think everybody says that. Yep. But I don't think people really behave that uh, in a lot of the time. Well, that's why most marriages end in divorce. Yeah. Because they'll say that. They'll say, well, you know, that's going to that's gonna stop. Yeah, we know. Like, we know. Yeah. But then when it really stops, then, they, then they're in the same house with this person. They're like, I don't even like them. <laughs> no. This is just like an annoying roommate at this point. Yep. And then what happens is when they cheat, they get those same feelings they had for the first time in let's say 10 years, if it's a marriage or something like that. Yeah. And now they think they're in love with that person and they think, well, this other person, you know. It, it, they're giving me everything that that person's not giving yeah. me. And what that means is this person's the one. I thought it was that one, but now yeah. it's this new one. Yeah. But, but really it's just those chemicals tricking you again. Yeah, exactly. So that's. Actually, how often has that happened? Um, there's a lot of stories like this. So let's say the guy, a guy and a girl get married. Right. Well, this used to be a thing back in the 50s and 60s more, but still is today. Man and woman get married. 10, 15 years go by. The guy has an affair with his secretary. Tale as old as time. Breaks up with the wife, marries the secretary. Mm-hmm. Was with the secretary for a while. Breaks up with her, cheats on her, marries the next one. There's a lot of guys that do this habitually. A lot of guys get married three, four times, and this is how it happens. It's just because they're getting those new chemicals with that new person. Yeah. And now they go, oh, no, I'm in love with this one. My wife, she wasn't the one. No, no, no I'm in love with this one. This one. And it always has that quality, too. Even if you know about this, it always has that quality when you when you feel that. Mm -hmm. You kind of feel like it's never going to end. Because you can't really imagine it ending. You couldn't believe it. Yeah. And that's also why the we were talking about this before. Like, when you say, oh, well, the passion's going to die. We have to really. So, you know it, but you don't really believe it. No, you don't believe it. You think, oh, it's, oh, you know, it's going to happen. Be like, no, I'm going to be with this person forever. This is what I want. But like, I feel like a lot of people don't understand in relationships that it's hard work, especially once those chemicals die down and you need to really want to be with that person. And I think people are so quick to get engaged because that's the thing I'm supposed to do and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, really make sure you want to work at this because this is not just all happiness all the time it's going to be something that's going to drive you to the point of insanity but you just have to think that person is worth it and you have to make that decision let's say now and know that you're going to agree with that decision in 10 years or 20 years or the rest of your life yeah <sighs> see that's that's the part that i can't get to myself i can't really reconcile that no that's yeah it, it's it seems almost impossible. It really seems almost impossible. I think uh, if you really want kids, that's probably the way to make that decision. Yeah. Like you say, well, I want kids, so I have to sacrifice romantic happiness. Yeah, because I'm <laughs> this age and it needs to happen soon. Yeah. So let's make it happen. But I'm not there, so. No. And we're both, you're 32, 33? 32. 32, I'm 29. We're both getting up there. That's what society wants us to believe. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah, because it's always like, oh, I had you at 22, and now it's like 22. Imagine having a kid at 22. Dude, we're so lucky to be guys. Oh. Dude, we can have kids at like 55, 60 if we wanted to. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> but women my age are like super worried. Mm. <laughs> that sucks. They're like, my eggs are gone. Oh, they're so upset. Yeah, so that's... 
that's another thing that's scary too. You start talking, like dating at this age, you start talking to someone and it's like, are they in a rush to have kids or something like right now? Because right now is not the time. That's <laughs> <laughs> a lot. It's true. Yeah. It's a lot. But I just think like, um, you know, we say that amongst ourselves, like, oh, I'm getting old. And I think society does want us to think that we're getting old, but I've also heard the opposite. Like, I heard it gets better and better if you're a man until you're like 40, 50. Just the thought that popped in our head. Kind of, <laughs> we kind of just go with the flow here. We don't even have a topic in the beginning of every episode. We just kind of talk before we start recording, and then we go with that. Yep. That's the way it should be, though. Do you want to wrap here or you want to keep going? Uh, a little, good wrap. A little shorter than the other episodes, but that's okay. Yep. You want to do that? Sure. All right. This is life being bound to love.